Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Beer with Darren. Tonight, I am joined by you and Anderson, and it's a really odd episode tonight because it is alcohol-free. Um, I'm on Diet Coke. Uh, you and what are you, what are you, on, what are you drinking? A cup of tea, actually. Yep, yeah, cup of tea. <laughs> How very British of us. How very Hello. British. Hello. <laughs> oh, you. For the people that are listening and watching on YouTube, would you mind doing a quick intro to yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, my name's Ewan Anderson. I'm the Associate Marketing Director at uh, Eden Scott. So Eden Scott recruitment firm up in, in Scotland, but we cover right across the UK and, and international as well. Um, so yeah, I'm the Associate Marketing Director. Amazing. But that's not where you started out. From, from what I can see on LinkedIn, you started out in leisure. So how did, uh, how did that come around? Yeah, well, I, um, my degree was in uh, was, was sport and, and marketing. So I always wanted to have a passion for sport and I spent a good chunk of my life playing, participating, working, so on in sport. So, yeah, I started um, in, in the leisure industry and moved into marketing within the leisure industry um, with Ember Leisure. Uh, so our focus was uh, was was marketing, sport and, and exercise to the people of Edinburgh. Um, so it started there and and I'd always had a passion for marketing and being able to combine it with sport was was perfect. So that's that was has been the majority of my career actually is, is sports marketing which is which is great I uh, really enjoy it um have a passion for it which makes it easier to to try and do you know to try and market to try and talk to people about sport is something i'm interested in anyway so um yeah that's where it all it all started for me back in uh, well, a few years ago now. <laughs> well say no more there's a reason we're drinking tea because it's uh, nine o'clock at night on a weekday we can't we can't drink anymore right <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah. We're getting old, getting old. One of the things you just mentioned actually was your degree. And I've seen quite a lot of conversations on LinkedIn at the moment about whether people need a degree or not. Now, I know you're involved in the CIM, which I want to come on to a bit later. What's your opinion of somebody that's just starting out, they've got an interest in marketing? How important is that degree? And how do they go about getting the right one? Because there seem to be so many different options. Yeah, I mean, I guess... A degree is the is is the stepping stone in. It's it's one of those things you can't you can't drive a car unless you pass the test, you know. And it's not necessarily that you you need a degree. I mean, I certainly um, there's lots of people who 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 have moved into marketing and will will take a job in marketing and and progress their career without that. But I think um, it certainly helps. You know, it it can't hurt getting a degree and 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 specialised in that space. But one of the things I've noticed, particularly in, in marketing, is that not everybody has a degree in marketing, for instance. You know, they might have a degree in, in a range of different subjects. Um, and I suppose it's that uh, it, it's it's having a passion and an interest in the media and, and, and in marketing and, and using your creative side of things. I think that that creativity, that's, I'll, I'll, I'll go on to talk about this, but the creativity is the essence of what makes a good marketer. Um, there's lots of digital tools and there's lots of, of tools now that can really help us do our job. But what differentiates somebody in, in, in marketing is, is their creative side because it's it's a creative industry. And that's exactly what we're looking for. And and the data and the insight and, and all the great tools that we've got now are there to make us better marketers. They're there to make us more, you know, help our creativity to become to be better, if you like. Um, so... You know, a degree. I mean, I, I I did marketing with sport, so I combined the two, and it combined a couple of passions for me. So, I, you know, it's 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 valuable, absolutely, and certainly from a from a CIM point of view, we have a range of different qualifications that can that can help people progress their career, whether they've got a degree or not. Um, and for me, marketing because it changes so quickly is a constant 
learning, constantly evolving, constantly developing. And if you're not learning as you go along, you're going to fall behind. You know, so I mean, the CIM provide that support and that, that ability to keep learning. And I think, as I said right at the start, you can't, you can't, you can't drive unless you pass your test. But once you start driving, you're constantly learning. That's that's where you actually start to become a better driver. And in the same way, I would suggest that once you get into marketing and you start learning about it, that's how you become a better marketer. I actually agree. So I don't have a degree myself. It's probably one of my regrets, if I'm being honest. Um, as much as I you know, I've had a decent job, all of that stuff, I, I think I missed out on university, the social aspect, but also there's conversations that people have, and I don't know exactly what the buzzwords they're using. Like they, they're talking about algorithms and stuff like that in tech. And I'm sitting there thinking, what on earth are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think um, when you're self-taught, sometimes you can still get the job done, oh, but yeah. uh, sometimes you just take a little bit longer than others, I think, without the degree, um, which is what I, I, think, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's right. It's a, it's a, it's a lifetime of learning. I would, never, I would never move away from that. I'll never get past the fact that I'll go into work every day, and it doesn't matter what level you're at, particularly in marketing, but I would imagine it's the same for any job. You're constantly learning, and and the self-taught part of it, I spend, you know, most nights uh, practicing, learning, understanding the different aspects of of, of this job, and uh, because I'm interested in them, because I want to keep learning. Um, so, you know, the degree part of it, as I say, is 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 one of those things where it helps your foot in the door. But there are other many other routes, and particularly just now in Scotland, we've just had our uh, exam results out. And with COVID this year, it's been a real challenge for many people. And I, I understand they'll be facing some some difficult choices. So, you know, there are many different routes to get to where you want to get to. A degree is certainly one route and it, and it, and it can't hurt. But um, if you've got the passion and the, the drive to do it, you will, you will be able to learn marketing and you will get there. And the buzzwords are, <laughs> yeah, in marketing, we love a buzzword. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. I love that, you know. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, that we've I've, I've been learning about certainly in terms of leadership and, and growth is um asking questions you know i mean it, it might seem to everybody else in the room like that is a, a silly question but uh, there's always somebody else in that room thinking gee i have no idea what they're talking about there's always one other person so never feel like you're alone when you're asking those questions yeah absolutely i had uh, i had billy humphreys on here i'm not sure if you know billy but he's at mrl um yeah and his, his advice to everybody was basically to act as a sponge, just soak everything in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that, that is spot on. Um, and there are so many opportunities out there. You know, I mean, YouTube is, is, is a wealth of knowledge. It, you know, Google is a wealth of knowledge. But, you know, I, I learn by watching and, 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 and doing, you know. So, I, you know, that's a good tool for me, whereas I know other people will, will do their own reading or they'll just get stuck in it and practice. But absolutely learn, 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 and, and listen to other people. I, I had a, a great mentor when I first started at Edinburgh Leisure, um, and she was fantastic to, list, to listen to and to learn from. Um, and I would have always thought, you know, when we're sitting having conversations, she will, she'll know the answer to the questions, but more often than not, she would say, well, look, I don't know. Uh, let's find out. And, and, and we both go and find out. And I think, you know, you, you have perceptions and an and understanding that certain person will, will know everything. And they don't, and, and they're constantly learning. So, you know, never feel like learning is a weakness uh, or, or asking questions is a weakness, you know, particularly in this market where it moves so quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, and I'm interested because you've got, I'm going to say many years of experience. I'm going to try and avoid yeah, let's <laughs> <go with> that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
many, many years of experience. Um, what you mentioned, you're still learning. What's one of the recent things you've learned? Um, just out of interest. Yeah. Um, well, I, I um, well, a couple of things actually. I'm I'm trying to continually teach myself SEO. Um, I'm, I'm basically spending my my, my nights <laughs> uh, trying to understand it, trying to practice it, trying to under, uh, you know go through it. And every day, I mean, you know yourself, Google changes things every day. So you're constantly testing, trialing, working out, did it work, did it not? And it takes a bit of, um, uh, you've got to stick with it. You know, you've got to really put the, the work in for, from an SEO point of view. I think we've all read probably lots of, of, of uh, uh, blogs and, and resources on SEO. But the secret is to doing it and is to practicing it. So I've been I've been trying to, to, to really develop that skill in that space uh, because it's, it's something I'm passionate about and interested in because ultimately that is where a lot of success comes all websites you know the majority of your traffic is organic traffic so how can you improve on that how can you improve on that quality um and the other thing i, I i've been learning about is, is is improving my um my return on investment if you like on on facebook advertising so i just put myself through a course the other day uh, just to try and again just keep myself up to date with the market and make sure that i am i am doing what i need to be doing you know um and and so it's 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 fascinating. You will there will be bits of that that you think, oh yeah, I know that. But there's always a snippet. There's always a little bit of insight that you think, ah, oh, I, I never knew that. And Facebook are changing these things all the time, um, and not just Facebook, but all the social channels. So it's 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 great to keep learning. Incredibly fast moving. I, I miss the days where you could just set a white background, put a load of keywords in white text, and uh, <laughs> Google would be number one. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, the good old days. <laughs> You set, a, you set a meta tag, fill it with a load of keywords, and then you become a millionaire. That was it, right? I, I think that's the dream. That's the dream. It's long gone now, unfortunately. I missed that boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I did as well. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. No, it's a, it's a complicated beast now, isn't it, Google? And rightfully so. I, I actually think the search results have got worse on Google for me recently. They seem to be showing more more ads than ever before. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the ads, the ads are certainly. I mean, everybody needs to make money, but the ads are certainly. Um, you know, when they first came out, it was it was very obvious that they were ads, and they're becoming less and less and less so. You know, less obvious. Um, and and then the, then you add in like the the map pack, or you add in the the you know the, the key snippets, or you know Google's trying its best not to to for you to leave the site, so they'll put in things like if you're a, if you worked in sport and you worked in for a football club, the results will come up at the top, you know, without without even having to leave, or you know, the, the last five results for your favorite football team will probably come up without you having to leave Google, you know. So it's hard. Yeah, it's always feels like they're obviously scraping that data from from the web pages and they're not yeah. actually giving the web pages any traffic. So they're just it feels wrong to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so there's been that recent uh, tech here and over in the States and, 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 and uh, Google, Facebook, they were all in having to answer questions. And I, and I did hear about um, the competition uh, mergers committee talking about the fact that Google has such a monopoly on this. And, you know, is that fair? Is that right? You know, they've obviously stolen the march on that, but that is the reality of it now, isn't it? That, that, that Google, it's almost synonymous with search is Google, you know, the, you know, Bing and, and Yahoo will, will account for a smaller percentage of your traffic. Um, yeah, so I've um, DuckDuckGo. Have you heard of DuckDuckGo before? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah so to that. Sometimes it's really good, and other times you think, oh, I miss, I miss Google. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, just coming back to your sort of early career, 
Now, am I right in thinking that you went from Edinburgh Leisure to almost a sales role as an account manager? Would that be fair? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we've talked about, about this, um, getting that understanding of sales. And yeah, I, I went down and my, I was really keen to move to London. Uh, I wanted to get down there. And um, I, yeah, there was an opportunity came up with a, a friend of mine at uh, Kukri Sports. So they're a sportswear company. Um, and it was it was account management, um, essentially. Uh, there was an element of marketing, but um, everybody kind of did their own local marketing um, with the support of a, of a central team. But essentially, yeah, it was a, it was a move into a sales or account management role for for a sportswear company. And how was that transition? Did you did you did you understand more about the frustrations on the sales side, or did you? Well, sit um, the- yeah, no, I, I, not not so much frustrations. I I find it really valuable as a marketer to move out and go go into direct sales. Um, people probably have had this if they work in agency side as well, but I found it really valuable because it sharpens your skills as a marketer to identify what works, what doesn't, how do you get in, you know, I mean, essentially marketing is about driving support for sales or driving direct conversions. You know, that's that's the bottom line. You know, we 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 work hard to, to be creative and we work hard to, to, to drive return on investment, but ultimately it's about the bottom line and are we making money from this? And uh, there's nothing more... There's nothing uh, more raw than on the front line of sales, as you as you probably know. You know, it's a, it's it's a real challenge. So actually, I found it less of a uh, there was there wasn't as much frustration as there was just real learning and and real raw insight into into how you got to go about it. You know, and and, and there's nothing harder than getting somebody to pay you money for something. So you know, if you if you, if you want if if a, a marketer wants to understand really understand their clients, because I think sometimes marketers can sit here and, and we look at all the data and we look at all the insight and, and it is fantastic you know and, and we're getting so much more of it now but if you really want to understand customers and, and you want to understand the reactions that they'll get then then spend a wee bit of time with the sales team and and you'll find out exactly what what your customers are talking about yeah and that's something obviously i feel really passionate about is bridging that gap between between sales and marketing it's one of the reasons we we started pager yeah without using technology to solve the problem because you can absolutely solve the problem without technology i think pager for me adds adds to the solution but you need to have started your sort of groundwork in the beginning anyway yeah. what do you have to get sales and marketing working that bit closer together and um, towards the same goals yeah um I, I think well first of all i think it's it's it is about trust um i we had a, a leadership coach come in a wee while ago and said and suggested to me you know your sales team will absolutely understand what's what what marketing they need in their space now as the marketer at the time i thought well wait a minute i know marketing and they know sales so you know neither the two will will meet but they have to meet and they have to so you have to respect both roles and i think you have to understand both roles but but really respect that that when the guys are coming back and asking for certain things um, they're not just asking because it, it might look good or or, or it you know solve a problem for them. They're asking because they, they see a need for it, and you have to balance that up with with the demand on the other side and say, well, actually, perhaps I can give you a bit of advice here, and, and this might work. You know, so I think it's it's a bit of mutual respect to try and understand that you're both going to the same direction. You're both trying to get the business going in the same direction, which is to be successful. So. While it can be frustrating sometimes as a marketer, and I'm sure it can be from a sales part point of view, 
if you come together and think, right, what's the what's the end goal? That will that will help you to find the right solution. I think instead of putting the barriers up and saying, well, we'll do our bit and you do your bit. I'm using my insight here. You use your skills there. We'll find a solution. Come together. You know, I think that we've we've certainly found that even Scott, we have a lot more. Um, we'll sit down with the sales team and, and sit down and start the year and work out a plan for the year, and and really get to grips with what they need um, and take their advice on and take their suggestions on. And I think that 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 certainly has helped me is is to recognise that both sides understand what they need. So let's find a central ground. And you, you mentioned there that you're working towards the same goal. I'm assuming that goal is revenue. Oh yeah, I mean um, yeah, I mean we, we set out our strategy out, um, just last year, and obviously things have been thrown about in <laughs> a bit up in the air <laughs> over the last week as well. But ultimately, our goal is is good returning business. You know, it's it's our 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 um, our vision, if you like, is is to become the best marketer. Uh, sorry, the best marketer is to become. Uh, is to deliver the very best recruitment service possible. So it's not about a one-off recruitment position. You know, somebody fill a space, that's it. It's actually about creating long, long-term long success, which is about returning customers, which is about delivering good service. And you'll only get return customers if you deliver good service. So, yeah, both of us are, there's there's no doubt we want to 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 drive revenue and to drive sales and to drive profit. You know, I mean, there are some vanity figures out there which are which are great. You know, turnover is great, but actually, are you are you generating profit? And that's important. But we also have to have a company that people want to work for, they respect, they they enjoy working for. And I suppose you know, we all these things matched in together. We we are trying to create the company that people want to work for. And if they want to work for us, our staff will deliver a better service for our customers. Absolutely. And so we mentioned buzzwords a little while ago. Now, the two that were new to me when I first sort of entered the world of marketing were MQLs and SQLs. Um, now, an SQL, where I'm from in the tech world, is a, a type of database. So <laughs> when, when I first heard it, I was like, okay, what's going on here? So I, I now know they're marketing qualified leads and sales qualified leads. And at which point do you measure yourself? Because a, a lot of marketers I speak to talk about increasing MQLs. And then I also speak to people where like, well, I don't measure myself in MQLs because if I did that, I wouldn't make the best decisions for the company. I'm really interested. What's your sort of thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, um, ultimately, a marketing qualified lead should be the same as, a, as you know, ultimately it should lead to a sales qualified lead. It should, they should almost work together. I mean, I mean a marketing qualified lead um isn't a qualified lead unless it's it's it, it, there's a percentage of, of, of return on investment supports. You know, I, I think we I, I, I judge our team on the on the ultimately on the success of the whole business. Um, there's no point in me driving tons of traffic to the website and, and sitting sitting up at a board meeting and saying, well look, you know what? We have got an absolute ton of traffic here. You know, we're doing great and um, there's lots of people come to the website and sales guys sit next to me saying, well actually do you know what that that's great, but it means nothing to me because I've got no, I've got I've got no new business. You know, that that is is of no value. Um, so I suppose, I mean, what we're trying to get to is 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 to keep refining that and keep developing that so that, that we understand what is what is going to drive the right leads for our team. So that, you know, we have a, I was explaining to you before we we go across twenty different sectors. So in tech and digital, for instance. 
it's it's important for them to try and find the right candidates at the moment. Um, they they need they need a candidate database. They need to keep developing that because at the moment, tech and digital, um, there is a huge demand for developers, as you probably well know. Um, and you know, at the moment, we need to try and attract those those people to to engage with us so that we can help them find the right jobs. Whereas in other sectors, it's more about developing uh, business leads. So it's more about developing new business. Um, so you've got competing um, market qualified leads, if you like, and 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 different ways there that, that we could be judged. So it differs with different sectors, but essentially what I, I try and judge myself on is improving the, the, the return on investment from the people we will send on. So we'll get a marketing qualified lead, we'll send on a batch to the, to the guys, we'll keep them going, but we'll be analyzing what the return is on them. So I know, for instance, how many candidates, you know, roughly how many candidates we need to apply for jobs that will return on a, you know, will result in a, a job. And I'll know roughly the average um, return on a on a job. And in the same way, I'll know what a business lead will be, you know, the value of a business lead. So I know how many how many uh, inquiries I need to generate me uh, a good business lead and a successful business lead. So yeah. It, they don't work one and one and the other. I mean, while they are separate things, I, I don't see how they would work without without consulting each other. If you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, they, they, there's no point in me sending over a batch of new leads for marketing qualified leads if if they, they don't go anywhere with the sales team. Absolutely, and that's why I think it's the wrong wrong measurement. I think you need to measure further down the the funnel. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there there is there is no point. <laughs> Basically, you know. Uh, if there's a business out there that's not out there to, you know, make money, whether that money is then pass on to shareholders or whether that money is to reinvest into your business or whether that money is to, you know, to do whatever you want to do, you know, a business is there to, to obviously to make money, to reinvest and do whatever it does. So if that's the case and that's the bottom line, then there is no point in us. And like you say, there's no point in having separate um, qualified leads, whether they're sales or marketing. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The reason I find recruit marketing so, so, I don't know what the word is, intriguing, I think is the right word, is because any any other sector, you're either B2B or you're B2C. Yeah. But in recruiter marketing, you seem to be both and you have to wear both hats. How yeah. is that? How, how do you manage that? How do you have a B2C and a B2B hat? And what's, what's the challenges that come with that? Uh, yeah, um, we were talking about it before and um, just about, I mean, how do you brand that? You know, how do you, how, what does your brand mean to both both types of, of customer? Um, and that's a that is a real challenge, you know. And it, it is difficult, and you've got to have different strategies for both. Basically, you know, you different channels will work for different uh, audiences, and you've got to understand that. And it's really important that um, as a marketer and using your marketing team, you you can identify the right challenges. Sorry, the right uh, channels. Um, and so what we've tried to do is develop our brand so that um, our brand becomes synonymous with certain things. So, so we're focusing on the quality of our service. Because if, if you're a customer, if you're a, sorry, a, a candidate or you're a client, what is it you want from a recruitment firm? I mean, they're, they're not massively different. You want a good service. So you're, if you're a candidate, you want to be treated properly. You want to be respected. You want somebody to help you to understand your career and to take you where you need to go. And to put you in a job that they know will be right for you, not to put you in a job because they know it fills a seat, and it fills it, it gets a fee, job done. <laughs> and in the same vein, 
if you're a if you're a customer, if you're a client of ours, what do you want from a recruitment firm? Where you want a trust, you want to trust that the business is going to give you exactly what you need. They're going to do it in a timely fashion. They're going to be it's going to be a good service, um, and you're going to get you're going to ultimately get the the candidate that you need that's going to help your business grow. I mean that's the bottom line, and and again that goes back to the quality of service and the quality of 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 what we deliver as a business. So both markets, while it is a challenge and they perhaps use different tactics and different channels. The message is the same. What we deliver will be of a high quality, depending on what your needs are. And I think that's where we've tried to get to, to try and help ourselves differentiate a market that is a very competitive market, undoubtedly. And everybody will will talk about quality and, and, and delivering the best service. But bottom line is we want to deliver that. And I think this, the success of that will come from the from the feedback from our from both candidates and clients. And we get great feedback. And it's using that to the best of our ability. Absolutely. I think the, the feedback bit there is really key. We've been using social proof, as I know that's another buzzword. Uh, social <laughs> proof um, is really, really powerful. And we've been putting it on our website, you know, LinkedIn, et cetera. And it's, it's amazing how powerful social proof is. Over every type of marketing you can do, um, nothing beats word of mouth is what I've, what I've found. <laughs> And, and it's always been the case, isn't it? I mean, word of mouth, <laughs> back in the good old days that we talked about, people will say, oh, no, word of mouth is the most powerful tool. And 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 it's not wrong. It's just that now you have social media and you have other ways to, to do it and you can you can now manage, um, sorry, measure it. So yeah, right, <laughs> word of mouth. Never the, mouth bigger, right? the mouth has just got much, much wider. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true. <laughs> you, you mentioned um, measuring data, the tech that's available. What's your what's your tech that you found in the last say year where you've gone wow? What's the one where you've gone this is fantastic? Or have you not had that moment? Um, I guess we've been in a bit of transition. Uh, we've we've brought in a new CRM system, and uh, we've brought in a, a marketing automation uh, tool as well. Um, and we, we're kind of marrying the two together, and and it's been it's been a bit of a journey because we've 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 it's taken us a bit of a, a bit of time. Uh, and so the insight that I'm getting now from from marrying the two tools together is actually really powerful, um, and 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 give me far better data than I than I than I had before, essentially. Um, so while I talk a lot about the creative side of things and how important that is, you know, there's nothing beats great feedback on 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 your creativity. So actually, um, while it's not a, essentially a new tool from my point of view at this time, it, it was the data that I needed. So actually marrying together these two, um, these two tools and, and making sure that they, where they work together um, has been, has been great for me actually. Um, really powerful. If you don't mind me asking what, what uh, marketing automation tool did you go for? Yeah. So we were working with a company called Coolia. Um, so they're, they're, they're um, yeah, they're, they're quite new, um, but they're a great tool. And, and what has been, as a as a business, we like to try and look for um, when we're when we're working with partnering up with people. We want to find someone who who shares our values, and our values are very much about um, you know growing things from the bottom up and really being passionate and, and and driven and trying to find the new and the the best approach. And we found very much with our so we we teamed up with Vincere as well for for our um, for our uh, CRM. Yeah, and and Coolier were the same. They were really their customer service has been great. But they've also they're really open to new approaches, new ideas, and can we work this? Can we work that? You know, they will they will go out their way to try and find a solution. So actually, um, it's been a, it's been a great partnership. Actually, I've really enjoyed working with the guys there. 
Fantastic. And uh, I'll make sure I tag them in. And I, I love the word partnership there because obviously I'm on the supplier side. And yeah. it's so when you hear somebody describe it as a partnership, it makes my heart a little bit warm, I'll be honest. <laughs> well, that's it. And, and and I've talked a wee bit about longevity and, and, and you know, success. So you talked, uh, I've, I've just written a piece um, for the CIM about the future of, a, of the CMO, so the, the Chief Marketing Officer. Um, and it positioning that person as having a bit of a longer term vision. Um, I think the the piece is about actually, you know, the change in titles. So some people call it a chief data officer. Some people call it the chief um, experience officer. Ultimately, a chief marketing officer has all these skills, but they're looking a bit further in the future. They've got a vision for this. And ultimately, good customer service um, will create a longer term successful business. You know, if you're going for the quick hit and the short, sharp, get the money in, job done, then, you know, it will work. But actually, just as you said, a partnership will create a longer term, a, a better business in the end, in my mind. And that's what, from a marketing point of view, that's what we're aiming to try and do. Absolutely fantastic. And one thing I always ask, and if you don't mind sharing, I'll wait for you to swallow your tea because you might spit it out. <laughs> what is your, what's your biggest marketing fuck up? Where have you gone? Well, fucking hell, I waste a lot of money there. Um, biggest man. Let me think. Um, yeah, I mean, try to think. I'm sure there's plenty. There are plenty. I don't get me wrong. There are plenty. <laughs> I just <laughs> trying to nail one down here. You know. Um, I mean, can't. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll, I will. Uh, I will think it through, and I'll come back to you on that. <laughs> What's the on the flip side then? What's the what's the one where you've you've sort of gone and, and you've gone home and uh, told the family, you know, they pretended to be interested? What's the <laughs> one where you're most proud of? <laughs> yeah, um, well, uh, when I worked at uh, Glasgow Life, we were we were doing the so we Glasgow Life is essentially the, the the company who run the sports venues for 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 Glasgow, and we were um, doing the 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 work for. Um, the city in the lead up to Commonwealth Games um, so in the lead up to the 2014 Commonwealth Games we were helping the guys to launch the Emirates Arena uh, launch Toe Cross we were launching we had a number of world sports events so we had the World Track Cycling Championships we had um, uh, World uh, Youth Netball Championships so we had a whole raft of things going on it was such an exciting time a uh, really exciting time for um, for sport in the city and um we launched the the new arena there, so the Sir Chris Hoy Velodrome and the Emirates Arena. So it was basically it was about awareness, but it was it was actually it was raising awareness with those locally as well as internationally that this new venue was going to be up and running, and and Glasgow had delivered it on budget and on time and so on. Um, and we had kept the public up to date with it because this is a huge shift. If you think you're putting a a, a multi million pound sports venue in the east end of Glasgow. Um, a really, um, from a, a, a health point of view, Glasgow has its challenges, particularly in the East End, but but right across Glasgow. Um, and we were putting a huge sports venue in there, but it wasn't just to host the Commonwealth Games and then walk away. It was to create, a, a, you know, a, a legacy. And I, I don't like to use that word because people will, will cut me down for using legacy, but essentially it's to create a sporting legacy within that city. Um, um, we, as I say, we kept people up to date with it, so they understood what the venue was. A huge disruption to that that local area, 
So we really, we helped them to understand what it was. We brought in local communities. We, we worked together with the council and so on. And then we launched it and it, and it got fantastic coverage. And But what was really, really strong for me was that when we did launch it within the first month, we had something like, I think it was 65% of those within three miles of the center had come, had used and purchased memberships. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you think about that breakdown, that that is that is that's fantastic local awareness. So while the international scene was great, and you know we got great coverage across the across the globe with Sir Chris Oy Velodrome and the indoor athletics arena, what was really valuable to me was that the local people had really bought into it as well, and they and it showed that that work that we'd done over the last year or so had really benefited that and and and, and attracted the right people in, which is essentially. Once the Commonwealth Games was there, great. But once it left, you've got this huge venue and you've got to fill it and you've got to have people in there all the time. And that that groundwork we put in meant that they were going to come and use it and, and make it part of their community. And I think that was really strong. So, I think that is a legacy. I was fully expecting you to say you created a really fun, funny meme. That's what yeah. I was <laughs> yeah, that might have been, yeah, that might have been better, actually. But yeah, <laughs> no, no that, was, uh, that, was, that was pretty strong. I think uh, I think that's a wonderful story, and to actually have that level of impact, I imagine it's close to where you, you live. I'm assuming um, it's uh, it's nice. Yeah, um, not anymore. It, uh, I I live in the I live in the east side of the city, now, at least side of the country now. But um, yeah, we, we, we you know we worked just there. We worked around the corner, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's in the shadow of Celtic Park as well. So it's this sporting centre essentially, and it's it's great. So. Amazing. And one thing I do want to chat to you about, because it's it's all new to me and I don't normally get the opportunity to ask. CIM, what, what exactly is it? Because I see it everywhere. I see people with qualifications. And I've never, on my own my own thought, really, I've never taken the time out to research it. So I thought I'd just ask you. Yeah. So the CIM is the Chartered Institute of Marketing. So essentially it is our, it's our our body to um, help us develop and grow and, and 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 improve ourselves as marketers. So it's the it's the chartered body for for marketing across the across the globe. Uh, you know we have um, obviously a British leg and a British arm, and I'm I, so I sit on the board for the um, the Scottish board um, or the Scottish region, if you like. Um, but we have yeah we have um, sites across the across the the globe, and we have qualifications that people can take from foundation level right up to diploma and uh, to to uh, oh, I thought I forgot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> up to postgraduate level, um, and yeah, essentially it's it's qualifications to help you grow and develop in your, your in your in your area of work, but it's also creating a community so that you can develop and learn off of, of other people in the sector. So we put on a number of events in Scotland. Um, we put on a number of um, so at the moment. Events are a challenge, obviously, local face-to-face um, uh, -face events. So we've been putting on webinars um, and, uh, you know, digital events that have, have really been, um, have received great feedback. Um, if you think locally, we, we tend to have 40, 50 people in a, in a room uh, coming to listen to an expert, uh, you know, a specialist in a certain area. Um, at the moment, the webinars are reaching, you know, four or 500 people, um, which, which, is, which is great. So it's a it's not a real opportunity to help people grow in their career, um, and it's a qualification that you can do once you've done your degree, or if you've not done a degree and you want to go and do it, a, a qualification to help yourself develop. Um, yeah, it's a great opportunity and a great opportunity to learn. I, I have a, a real passion, as probably come through, in, in learning uh, and, and developing yourself. And 
this is the perfect opportunity. The guys at CIM have, have a wealth of knowledge and experience and have really good people working for them who've got great, great knowledge and experience in that sector. Amazing, amazing. Well, I've actually finished my drink. How's your tea going? Yeah, pretty much there. Mate. <laughs> well, we've got one question to come back to. So if you don't know the answer to that, we're either going to discuss your views on Brexit or you can answer your, your biggest fuck up. Which <laughs> one? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, let's let me get this. No, I imagine the, the fuck up would be a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, my views on Brexit are, are, are pretty straight, straightforward. But uh, whether they go down well or not is is, is different. Um, yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, my my biggest muck up, I suppose, would would be right at the start. And I suppose this is one of the things I I, I suppose I hope people take from this is that. Um, Learning, while learning is, is important, you will make a hundred muck-ups. Um, and it's hopefully, and you know, anybody that works for me and anybody that comes and joins my team, I will never have any issue with anybody making a mistake because you have to make a mistake to, to, to mess up, to, to learn and to develop. So one of the first campaigns I ever, I ever, <laughs> I ever did for Edinburgh Leisure was a, a swimming campaign. So, you know, Develop swimming. We need a, 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 you know, right across the city. We need we need the campaign done, and um, we need uh, you know we need to increase footfall to our centres. And so this is one of my my first things that I did, and and so I pulled together um, I'd pulled together models. I pulled together people who were going to go and do the photo shoot, and I pulled together all the collateral I needed. And at that time there was no um, there was no social media, so it was it was a web website campaign essentially, and then. You had your banner ads and all that sort of stuff. Um, and first of all, I set up a photo shoot in a in a in a swimming pool that that was really badly lit, and there was no focus in the campaign. So the photos were really bad. So I, I then had to redo them at fairly short notice. And then when we finally got the right photos, the campaign went out, um, and basically it, it flopped because I hadn't focused on the fundamentals which were that who were my who was my target market you know and my target market i had a I had images full of uh, of kids swimming um and essentially if you're looking to increase the number of people who are doing recreational swimming you're talking about adults you're talking about people who have perhaps done it as when they're younger and getting them to come back swimming so the kids are in the pools you know the kids are going along their swimming lessons the kids are in the pools the kids love going to the pool our focus was Get the adults back to them. So I've got pictures of kids swimming. I've got a campaign message that didn't really work. And of course, the campaign was a flop. And if you think you've gone in there as a fresh marketer thinking, I'm going to do this, I'm great at my job. I, I know what I'm doing. You know, I've done my degree, I've done it all, know what I'm doing. And you miss the fundamentals. You know, if you do that and you get caught up in it and you get too far down the line, you'll have a flop. And I did. And I had a, and it was probably. It was a fantastic learning lesson, and, and that person I talked about, my my mentor from Edinburgh Leisure, while she was she was great, you know, because she was on the money, straight down the line. You did that, you messed it up, you fucked that up. However, what are you going to do to fix it? How are you going to learn, and what are we going to do next? And I think that you that's as much as you can hope for. You know, there will always be. Hopefully, you can find that person who will say, "Look, you messed up," because you need that responsibility. You need that somebody to say look go and have a shot go and you know give it your best shot and, and let's see what happens um so i mean that i'm sure there are plenty more and there are, there are more i know that but uh, yeah that was one that came to mind i just remember 
as a young marketer thinking my world was going to end because this is the end of my job. <laughs> I'll be I'll be out now and that'll be me. So uh, opportunity for a pun there. I thought you were going to say it belly flopped. I really <laughs> did. Oh, no, I wish I had. <laughs> yeah. oh, fantastic. And I, I think that's what you just said at the end about your mentor saying to you, well, it's not really what you did, it's how you react to it. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's the key for any great manager, leader, boss, if you want to call them that. I think it's, uh, I think that's the number one trait that I've always found is somebody that says, right, well, what are we going to do about it? And yeah. probably get their hands dirty with you to fix it as well. Uh, absolutely. And she would always muck in. And that's exactly, certainly, I would hope my leadership style is, to, is exactly the same, you know, and that's what I would want to, to have as a team who felt free to make mistakes, but also learn from them. Amazing. I think that's a good note to end it on. So thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants to connect with uh, you and on LinkedIn, it's just you and Anderson at uh, Eden Scott, isn't it right? I'm not uh, making that up. Yeah, no, it's uh, Anderson at edenscott.com. And my uh, my LinkedIn is just uh, Ewan Anderson. Yeah. Perfect. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. That's great. Thanks so much, Dan.